Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast once again today is someone I am proud to call a returning champion here on our show. Someone who has thankfully forgiven me for my holiday card snafu earlier in the year. And of course, someone whose team earned a couple of impressive victories this past weekend. 4-0 over Hawaii, 4-1 over Washington to advance to a second consecutive NCAA Sweet 16. Welcome back onto our show, Oklahoma women's tennis head coach, Audra Cohen. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm still salty about this <laughs> Christmas card that, uh, I mean, it's one thing to miss out on the Christmas card. It's another thing if you miss Hanukkah. There are very few of us that actually 
are deserving of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, I know I'm playing catch up. I, I know that's the job. I feel like I, I have to take everything's been glass half full for me about Oklahoma this season as I've been trying to make amends for my early unforced error. But obviously, you know, this past weekend, you guys do hit your stride. And for what it's worth for fans who aren't cure, uh, who don't know, you complete another undefeated season at home, 16-0 and this year. A couple of victories again over Hawaii and Washington. What is it about the home crowd that gives your team that advantage? And talk to me about what you saw from your team this past weekend. I think the home crowd, obviously, we we get a great crowd out to our matches. So uh, the support and the energy that we can create there is is pretty pretty significant. And um, but I think overall, it's just we also play a lot of these home matches over over the course of the season. And as we go outdoors at our place, we start to really catch our our stride and. Uh, that's been helpful. But, um, you know, I don't feel like we're undefeated at home. You know, when you're in it and you're just taking it one match at a time, you just you look up at the end and you're like, oh, wow, we went undefeated at home for two years. It's not like this big thing that, uh, you know, we think we have this insane competitive advantage at home. I think that uh, we we just happened to really catch our stride, especially as we went outside and um, and we continue to get better. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, you saw it this past weekend, and obviously Washington's a team that over the years have been very good at doubles, and, you know, you guys take it to them in that doubles point, and, you know, all season long, despite the changes you might have made in the singles lineup, there's been a lot of continuity in doubles. What's led to that, and how confident are you in that point entering the Sweet 16? You know I love some continuity in doubles, so... <laughs> It's that that is not unusual. Um, I think that leads to working through some problems that you have along a season and and just finding ways to get better. So if there's, you know, say somebody's not able to execute a certain shot, you just work on it. You get better instead of mixing things up and changing up the vibe every time that you go out to the doubles court. So I think the continuity helps. And also, um, if one team has struggled a little bit, the other two might be doing better at that time. So it's kind of like balancing that out and not just like rolling the dice every time it's we know what we're going to get on the doubles court and we have a standard so that standard is is something we we really stress is like you've got to be at your standard within that team that that team that's out there so that's helped a lot and that's why I think our doubles point is pretty pretty solid but also uh, importantly you know big 12 tournament we didn't win the doubles point a couple times and I think that was really good for us to gain some confidence in the singles court as well so um, we don't have to win it but we'd like to obviously Uh, and I think we we gained some confidence there as well you guys keep continuity down to the coach as well right the three of you stick to the same courts all year Yes, more or less. I mean, it's not that we don't work with each court um, in practice, but uh, I think, yeah, just the continuity, like Jose's been with the Corleys quite a bit. I've been with uh, two doubles quite a bit and, and Cobra's been with three doubles. So uh, that's been fun, but, but we definitely have like doubles individuals together. Like where would there be more than one coach out there? Uh, And then one of us can, can shift in with the other coach, but usually that other coach will be there the whole time. Yeah, I just assume it gets competitive down to the, you know, you guys are 20 and four on one, 23 and five on three. And then I think, yeah. you know, your record at two, 14 and six, they're like, Audra, 
pick up the slack. I know. I know. <laughs> I didn't know our record at two, but thanks for sharing. And yeah. uh, now, now I'm ultra motivated to make sure that our two doubles is pulling up there. Uh, end of the of the stick here yeah then i'm doing my job that's the goal and you know again all season long there have been some ups and downs um for your team i know in particular lane was not playing the level she was expecting from herself to start the year but she really has picked things up over these past couple of months is it as simple as we're playing outdoor tennis again or do you think there has been some changes um, I think, I think it's a combo. So she started the fall. She didn't have very many mat. excuse me, the spring. She started the spring with not a lot of matches under her belt. So <laughs> she didn't have a full fall. She was injured in the fall a little bit, like, and, and for her, I think going out there and knowing physically that she can, she can play at a high level the whole time, um, is important. So just to play matches, to play matches in the fall, wasn't going to make sense. So, um, she definitely started this spring with not enough matches and that was part of it. But as we've gone outside, I think the confidence has, has really risen as well. And, uh, and, and also I think just hitting the ball better over and over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I know lack of match play, obviously those sorts of things matter, but you know, four and a half months later, and I, I feel like I have to ask the question, otherwise Jay's going to get mad at me. Was there a little NCAA final hangover for this group through the first few months? Because it, I, yeah. it, like, did you feel that at all? I, I think we definitely felt that. I think the hangover is more like this pressure cooker. It's like, I mean, it, it's like anybody who beat us would just dogpile at the end. Like it was the <laughs> coolest thing in the world. And and we get it. I mean, we created that environment. We earned that, that uh, ability for teams to do that. So so there is a, a little bit of that. I mean, teams know what to expect and it's like the same old deck of cards is, is like, we've got to advance it and, and make it better. So we've worked a lot on that. And uh, I think the tennis piece, we weren't there yet. We were competing well, but we weren't there with, yet with the tennis piece. So as our tennis has gotten better, I think our results have improved, but um, you know, seasons are long and they're, they're like roller coasters at time at times. Right. So uh, it's not managing the low moments. It's really just trying to keep trickling forward and, and have that roller coaster going up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it certainly is. Again, I thought you guys played your best match of the season against Washington. And in that spirit, while it was the best match, I still don't think I've seen your best tennis where just like one through six, one through three doubles, everything clicks on a given day. Is that a fair assessment? Do you guys have that feeling uh, around the group as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think we played a better dual match <laughs> against Washington. We're still not playing um, as free and as fluid as we, as we would like. <laughs> so um, I think a big part of our season has been playing, instead of playing not to lose, playing to win. And, and that was a good shift in our season as we went from indoors. I mean, a lot of the matches we played early in the season, we were playing not to lose the whole time so much so that we weren't, we were trying, we were doing everything right, more or less. Right. But we weren't just playing green and free. So that's been a shift. And uh, as we've, as we've gotten better at that, we score ourselves at the end of the match. Like what's your percentage on how free you were playing, like how, playing to win you you played that match so on a scale of one to a hundred what was your percentage and I I think we go across around the whole the whole team and and yeah they weren't at a hundred uh, against Washington and um and that's the goal as we we, we don't expect everybody to be at a hundred but you got to be chasing it mm -hmm. which of these players do you think is more your spirit child from a game perspective Sleeth or Guzman because it's pretty close like I watched them both grind out there and I'm like it's yeah. that's that's Audra Cohen tennis and to have Donna back healthy this season have it click so fast did you expect that 
Um, I mean, Donna has a has an incredible level. Her freshman year, she was, I think, 11 and one at, at the number two slot. So uh, and that was coming in in January after uh, COVID having having stalled her from playing any matches at all. So I, I, I'm not that surprised with the result side of things. I'm really um, I'm really not not even surprised, but just proud of how well she's handled coming back from a major injury. I mean, I don't think that from the outside you even know what like how how difficult that injury is to come back from. So the way she's handled it and just her longevity and like she's she's had a, a rebirth here as a as a, an athlete. So that part of it, I'm really proud of her for. So the results, though, she's got a tennis IQ in the tennis level. I, I would say that. I actually will say that neither are my spirit uh, <laughs> okay. player, like, because um, they just they both hit backhands. Yeah. They're both backhand dominant. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know if anybody has seen my backhand, but it's uh, somewhere in Australia. I think <laughs> I'm still trying to find it. And, yeah. <laughs> but I could slice for three days, you know, yeah. like, which, which one do you want a shot at more? Two out of three sets. Um, Either Neither. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I watch them play so much. So yeah. there's, there's such an advantage to that. Right. But, yeah. um, but I think that some of the tools that they have would really bother me as well as yeah. a player. So uh, I, I wouldn't want to deal with some of those backhand cross court rallies. Yeah, no, that, that would be the game plan. That's what coach Audra would be telling the players. Yeah. To, yeah, the, yeah. The scouting <laughs> report. Um, how you know to see Julia Garcia Ruiz have the success she's had? I think sixteen and seven, second on the team in victories, or excuse me, seventeen and nine. You've seen a lot of players come through. It's really hard to put up that many wins as a freshman. What's allowed her to do it? I think early failure has really helped her. You know, she had a great fall, and then uh, in the spring, really struggled when we were inside. The ball's coming fast, and uh, and just the intensity of dual matches is is pretty pretty significant. And so, um, she struggled a bit in the beginning, but that gave her some room. It was like, all right, I'm, I'm willing to adapt. I'm willing to adjust. She didn't give up. She kept working right through it. And, uh, and I think a, a couple of, of key wins happened in the mid season there, and then she just kept running, but it's certainly not uh, a level issue, like a tennis level issue in the beginning. So I, that's why, she's been able to keep running because she's not getting out leveled on the court. She's, she's got the tennis and that's a, a, a tribute to how hard she's worked from, from a child to where she's at now. So really proud of, of her effort as well. Yeah. It, again, it's just so hard to have that sort of success as a freshman. And certainly we saw it in the fall and she's really picked things up here as we have moved back outdoors in the spring through all of that. What's been the biggest surprise about this year to you? Um, I would say that, gosh, the biggest surprise, that's a tricky one. There've been so many little surprises here and there. I think the biggest surprise is how, how connected our team is. Mm -hmm. Um, I, we, we're from, we have a very eclectic background, you know, I mean, and I, I think our team genuinely gets along and really clicks. And with that, they've actually been super unified through some of these struggles, like mm -hmm. through the struggle of the beginning of season. It's like, there is a sense of 
a true belief because we've all done it together already, you know? And so there's a, a sense of true belief and a sense of patience in some of the players that maybe had a great season last year, but have been struggling this year. So that, that part of it has been fun to see is like as coaches, you don't have to do a lot to build the connectivity in this, in this crew. You have to do a lot more of helping them to guide their ship in the right direction. So if they're guiding it in a direction of playing not to lose, then we've got to start to sway them towards playing to win. But uh, that connectivity piece has been really fun to to have organically. You don't have to you know manufacture anything. It's real. It exists. And uh, they believe in, in each other and care about each other. I know how competitive things are around your program in the best yeah. way. What's the go-to off-court competition for this team? Uh, we've been playing the bowl game a lot. I don't know if you know what that is. You <laughs> no, write a person, person place or thing. First first round, you have to uh, – you can use any any number of words other than the word on the, okay. on the little paper sure. um, to describe it. And half the team against half the team, you have to guess it. And you get a minute. And then the next round, you get only one word. Okay. It's a lot of fighting about hyphenated words. That's a huge, <laughs> huge problem. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the third round, you have to act it out. Okay. So Who, it, Who's it, the best actor on the team? Who's getting the award? You would be really surprised. Sasha Pisareva is charades <laughs> master. Okay. And I swear it's because she doesn't want to have to communicate with words. So <laughs> sometimes she just does it with like her, you, you know, yeah. like – yeah. That yeah, <laughs> she's really good, and uh, you know Sasha comes from a family that that is in classic ballet in Ukraine, so she also can like act out and dance out all these things. So she's usually the best at those things. Those are the videos we need on social media. I don't know if it'll yeah. be approved, but you know, again, with the team's permission, come on, that's the good. That's what I need to see. You've got to see our most recent uh, tweet. I think it, was that a tweet of uh our staff philip was dancing it was it was hilarious cobra's in it it's yeah. the corley's we're it's just a practice our videographer got it at practice yesterday here mm -hmm. i heard a suggestion by there is i think it was ramsey smith in his interview he said if the if the team wins that they get to put tj pura through a three-hour practice of whatever they want to do i think you should let your team do that for you as well just a I, random like yeah. i think they would love that that would be great. We should totally do that. That's great. Uh, yeah, there's, there's. A, we should do four on four and uh, <laughs> two of our staff on one side, two of our staff on the other, yeah. and then we just have them. The the losing side has to make them do whatever they want after. Uh -huh. Who passes out first of those four coaches? Because like Phillips in good shape. You're all still in good, pretty good mm -hmm. playing shape. I don't know, Jose and Philip. I think it's a competition. Whoever drank more. Or beer the night before. <laughs> I was going to say, Jose's <laughs> probably the right answer. Uh, I hate yeah. to say it, but, you know, again, all of that in mind, obviously you guys have a big one this weekend coming up. You guys are facing a Georgia team that uh, knocked you guys off in the quarterfinals at the National Indoor, so I know you know them well. What are your thoughts on the matchup? What's it going to take for your team to get through? I think we just have to compete on every court and keep it as long and as, as kind of grueling as possible here. Like, and it, it they're a great team. They've uh, had a great finish to the season here and uh, as have we, and um, it's going to be a battle on every court and we've got to expect that it's going to be a battle, but also, um, you know, try to sustain the momentum within each battle. So if we're losing some momentum here or there, we've got to capture it back fast 
and understand it and then capture it back fast and and keep it going towards our direction. So it's going to be a, a match that's one in the 51% of, of the time. And you've got to be okay with the, the 49% of the time, maybe not going your way. So it's also um, important that we understand that before we go out there, that it's high challenge two great teams duking it out against each other. And that's what you want to see in college tennis. You've now hosted a super regional. You're on the road for one. You've played in a final site, sweet 16 as well. You know, you know, you're familiar with the format. We've talked about things similar to this, but do you prefer the super regional or the final site, sweet 16? I I mean, I think the final site, sweet 16 is fine. If, uh, if, if it's like, a match that you can get fans out to, but I mean, Georgia's going to have a great fan base here. And I think the environment that's created, even though we have to travel to them, it's, it's actually better for college tennis. So if you're going to put it on TV and you look at the stands and they're empty, that's not good for anybody. So um, as difficult that is, as it is to travel in the, in this week, I think the understanding of what's better for the sport in the long run, um, I'm always going to trend towards that end of it because um, because that's, that's our longevity as coaches and as a, as a sport. So I, I I'm a bigger fan of, of ha- having it at, at anywhere where there's a big crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly again, with Jeff announcing his retirement, uh, right. this is his last match at Georgia. I feel like, I, I feel like your team as well, right? They'd prefer to compete against in front of a thousand people cheering against them instead of 20 people cheering for them. Right. I, I mean, it's it's a great environment. It, any picture that you have from this match is going to have hundreds of people behind you. And that's something that uh, we need to have more on social media. Too many times are we posting things and there's nobody in the stands. It makes us look terrible. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, kudos to to Jeff for a, a wonderful career here and uh, and and really trying to advance the sport. They get a great crowd out out. And I, I think they're doing a good job of uh of our of helping tennis brand itself in college. Is there one matchup because we're going to have this on our broadcast? I know they're all really good. One you think we should be locked in on? Um, I think one and two is going to be fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like they're grind. playing. They're they're both playing their least favorite styles altogether. <laughs> both players, so um, that's including our players and theirs. You know, so. I would say one and two is going to be entertaining. It should be high level. Um, it's going to be a lot of balls back and forth and and kind of fun to watch. So I would say one and two from an entertainment perspective. Um, and I, I don't know. I think the rest, like it, there, there's opportunity everywhere for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a war. We're excited for it. Well, outside of that, my last two questions for you. I know you're following everything that's going on in the college tennis world, and it's been a really exciting season. Is there a team, coach, player outside of your group that has particularly impressed you this year? Um, gosh, a team, coach, or player? What would you say? I'm looking at Cobra here to give <laughs> some insight. I would say, um, OU best tennis. Yeah. OU men's tennis has really turned the corner here like mid season. Um, I think they've all been pretty impressive. I I know Iowa state's got a, I mean, but they had a good roster. They were tough last year as well. So, I mean, the energy, they do a lot of the same stuff we do. So, um, 
I think they they've had a good season and it's been impressive. But UCLA being able to sneak in there has been pretty interesting after going to kickoff weekend and losing to FIU. I think that was a like quite the turnaround as season goes on. But, um, you know, some of these rosters are pretty, pretty stacked in terms of ability. So I'm really surprised with some of the um, the results and how all over the place they are when you consider that against some of the ability. So I certainly am not surprised with some teams and their results, but um, I would say the consistency it has been surprising. Mm-hmm. No, it's been, again, it's such a fun year, and I agree with you. I think the quality is as good as it's ever been. You think there's a favorite? 16 teams left, Sweet 16 this weekend. Is there a clear favorite for the women's title right now? I think I think we could be a clear favorite if we can sneak past Georgia here. Um, I think the winner of this match is really uh, has has a great opportunity to continue. So, I mean, Georgia won the SEC, right? That that was, a, I think, a little bit surprising in terms of um, where they were at. I mean, not super surprising, but like, I mean, for them to to win that is pretty, pretty significant. And um, so I, I don't know, it's, it's always wide open, but the teams that are playing better as season goes on are, uh, are the teams that really have a good chance here. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch. And I'm expecting a lot of four threes. I'm expecting a lot of three hour matches, three plus hours. And yeah, I'm looking forward to watching you and your team obviously compete down the home stretch as well. So coach always appreciate getting the chance to chat with you, wishing you and the team luck, uh, throughout the course of the weekend and I'm pretty sure you guys have some individuals in Orlando so it's not jinxing it to say I will see you there um appreciate you taking the time and as always boomer sooner let's go Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully, these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that. That's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy, college tennis fans. We have you covered with coverage of everything that will happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turner Tough, best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>